Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. This is Dimitri being here. Hello. This is Dimitri. Hello, this is Dimitri. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. Great to be talked to. Cool. Well, um, I've already I started the recording before, so let's just jump into it. Great. That sounds terrific. All right. So tell me, um, I always like to start with this just to get a, a deeper feel of who people are. Um, describe if you have a typical day in your life, um, kind of what is that like? Or just kind of what are the days of your life like? Well, I'd say um, a, a typical day is not, is not one in which I'm running workshops, although running workshops have happened on a regular basis. A typical day is uh, I work out of my home office. Uh, I maybe uh, you know, work on a, a new book to follow up the last one or maybe uh, I have a video course in my home studio and I'll have a client or two or do a group call, really help people keep moving forward on, on what they're building in their lives. That's awesome. You know, what, and what, go ahead. I said, what, what's exciting to me about my days is that this, this feeling of things moving forward, of that the people I work with aren't just uh, talking to me so they can tread water. They're actually getting somewhere in their lives. And 
every single call we do is a substantive step in that direction. So uh, I, I, I'm excited about that, about uh, both the calls that I do with people and, and the products and services that I offer. Um, so that, that my typical day is about kind of uh, supporting all that so that more and more people can be moving towards the life they really long for. I love it. Um, and how did you get here? I know you've been doing this for a while. How did you get here to this moment, <clears throat> you know, to this this life that you're leading right now? Huh. Well, um, I mean, for me, I think it comes down to how did I get here? Wow. Well, it's, you know, uh, at this moment I am 58 years old. So, um, you know, a lot of how I got started on my path was just sheer unhappiness uh, early in my life. And I really just was committed to figuring out a way to feel better. And then um, the, the first stuff that I encountered was stuff about how to feel better. Some really good mm-hmm. stuff. I, I, I discovered and helped create some work where uh, in a 30-minute session, a person could really handle something that's been bothering them their whole life and, generally speaking, not be bothered by it again. And I just helped people heal stuff like that for many, many years. And um, then started to see that once you start handling some of that stuff from the past, your future becomes available to you. You're no longer stopped by all this past stuff. You can actually start creating something, you know, you can stop looking backwards and really start looking forward and actually move forward. So the last uh, seven, eight years or so, I've really been focused on uh, helping people clear up past pain for the purpose of being able to create the life that they want in the world. I don't know if that answers you or not, but that's... uh, yeah, it does. And you, you know, you talked a lot about um, your work in sort of a typical work day. Is there fun? Is there life? Is there um, what else is involved in your day? Yeah, I don't actually like to work that many hours. I mean, if if I do six hours of like effective work, that's probably. I mean, in a way, I'm a natural sprinter. So, like, running a four-day workshop where I'm on, you know, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep is great mm-hmm. for, like, four days. I'm terrific at that. Um, I'm not really one of those people who can do that every single day of their life or five, six, seven days a week or something like that. So, generally, the way that my life works is the, the balance is I get to my office, I get in my office about 9 o'clock, and by 3, 3.30, I'm done for the day. I'm I'll tend to maybe go to a Tai Chi class or uh, take a walk in the woods or, uh, you know, hang out with my wife, uh, maybe, you know, stuff like that, just to get into the enjoyment of life and uh, the recharging. So I don't know if that answers you out either, but there you are. Yeah, that's fabulous. I mean, that's um, that's so good. It's always good to hear from somebody who's um, not – working 100 hours a week, but really working, you know, six hours and enjoying their life. That's definitely what I do. That's awesome. Um, You know, was it easy to build this business that you, that gives you this time where you work six hours a day, you you know, you have plenty of time to do the things that you want? Uh, Well, you know, I always just think the opposite of ease was struggle, and for a long time I struggled. 
But um, ease, I'm just sorry, it's easy, but that doesn't mean I wasn't disciplined. It's easy, but that doesn't mean I didn't put in time. It's easy, but that doesn't mean I didn't focus. Now, that, that for me, getting here, what really kind of turned me being able to get here was reaching the point where I realized that, that I didn't have to struggle, I didn't have to suffer. Um, mm-hmm. That that is something that I teach a lot, that the way to get somewhere is to be there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the way to be there is to clear the blocks that keep you from being there. Because uh, really, it's not really something that can be faked. So for me... Yeah, once it once I realized it was easy, it was easy. I was talking to someone earlier today and talking about how I always used to be one of those people who was like, I need the five-step plan for success, and then I'll experience being successful. But what I, come, what I came to see, the big realization for me in that was that it's experiencing success allows you to see the five-point plan. That's why I started flying first class even before I could afford it. Because I wanted to do something to experience that feeling of success. Because when I experienced feeling successful, suddenly I saw my life differently. Or uh, coincidences would just show up differently than they did before when I was grasping and squeezing every last cent. Love it. And that's amazing. And you, um, you do very successful workshops now, um, moving your clients forward, changing their lives. <clears throat> Why did you create, you know, create that process, create what you created? Uh, when I think about what is the work that I'm meant to do in the world, right, and I, I thought about this mm-hmm. a lot, it really is running these workshops and doing this follow-up coaching with people, that, that even if I had a bazillion dollars and never had to work again, I would still want to do this because it's, it's what's in me to do. Um, it's when I'm at my best. It's when I'm at most, at, at my greatest sense of ease. So I've, I've forgotten the original question, but um, somewhere, somewhere in the answer, it's somewhere along the lines of why do I do it, right? I do it because mm-hmm. this is what I'm meant to do. They're, they're, I get to experience those moments during my work where I feel like this is what I'm meant to do. So it feels more like executing an art or a craft than it does like doing labor. And um, you know, the more the, the more I've done that, the more joyful it's become. Awesome. Um, what's your? Do you have a favorite success story or a favorite client success story that you could share with us? Uh, well, here's one from the other day. I don't know if I have a uh, a favorite, but um, I, I have permission to share this. This uh, this client, his daughter was. Um, having these unexplained seizures and would just pass out and fall down. I and mean, that's dangerous because your head can hit things. It, it, it's, and they, they couldn't figure out what it was, couldn't figure out what it was, couldn't figure out what it was. And he was really a wreck. His daughter was in high school, right, a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he talked with me, and we were looking at, okay, what are you putting out into this situation? What do you, well, I'm sorry, but what do you want to put out? He's like, well, I want to be the rock, the certainty for my daughter that healing is possible. Like, great, right? Because that would make a huge difference to be a rock for her. He's like, yeah, it would. So um, then I asked him, All right, well, go ahead and do that. What's stopping you? What circumstances are stopping you? He's like, well, she's got this illness. We don't know what it is. 
We're asking, okay, in the face of this illness, and we don't know what it is, um, what do you start, how do you start to believe you have to live? What happened to the guy who went to show up as a rock? Because I have to tiptoe around terrified all the time about the next thing that's going to happen. So um, what he was reporting to me the other day is we did a process on about a month ago where he really looked at bringing love to that guy who was believing he had to tiptoe around and kind of look at his daughter like she was already had one foot in the grave. And he brought love to that part of himself that had given up like that. He started seeing that love was possible for him, love was possible for her. There was really just love everywhere, and he could experience it and overflow into it. And from there, he said, you know what? No, I can come from this loving energy that healing is possible for her. And they told me the other day that in the previous month, she hadn't had a single seizure since he did that. Now, now was, was that the only factor? Of course not. But could that have been the deciding factor? Definitely, because who he was putting out in the world was having an impact. And as long as he looked at his daughter with, uh, any moment now, you're going to fall over dead, there was a certain way that was drawing that forth her. That was his expectation of her. When he truly expected healing for her and knew it was possible, it opened a new door for her, uh, a new possibility. And so that, it's that, it, and what I love about that story is, you know, whether to whatever extent this healing work that we did was impactful, there was a huge change. There was a huge and sudden change in his life. And I, I see this kind of thing all the time. And, um, you know, and, and that's really, those are probably my favorite ones. I'm good at working with people who are like, I'm hurting about this thing, make the pain go away. But a lot of people can help you with that. Um, what I'm really best at is I want to create this future and I don't know how. I feel stuck. I feel doomed. I feel uh, all, all the evidence of my life has convinced me that there's no point in trying, right? Clearing that mm-hmm. stuff away so the future can just unfold. Those, those are, and be created, those are the stories that I like the most. Love it. Um, what's the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome? Uh, I think for me it was a lot about um, some old family of origin stuff that um, because uh, my brother had been mentally ill, I was always, I was basically sacrificed. I was told it was my job to take care of him. And I took that really seriously. Uh, my parents would praise me for not needing anything. Um, and so I really learned that in life there was an exchange. There was you give and then you give more rather than receiving back. And that what a loving person does, it, 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 uh, I, thought, I learned a phrase later, don't set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Mm-hmm. But my conviction that it was my job to set myself on fire to keep other people warm was the hardest thing for me to overcome. Um, you know, which is funny because all these limiting beliefs are just, they're insubstantial, but it was so tied up with this idea of a good person sacrificing himself for others that I basically worked for free for decades. And uh, it wasn't until I got past that piece and realized that <laughs> an exchange is important, but if somebody really wants to get value, they need to give something in return. And there's just no way around that. It's a law of the universe. So um, that was the, I think that was the biggest challenge I had to overcome was this conviction that if I 
prospered, I was a bad person. What do you believe now? Um, well, that expand a little bit on our thing that that um, it's not hurting people, and this is out to any any business person reading this. It's not hurting people to ask them to really invest in what you're going to help them create. That it, it's a, um, if a person doesn't have anything on the line, generally speaking, they don't, they don't care that much. Huh? Um, I would have a lot of people come to me, uh, I don't have it so much anymore, but for lunch, people come to me and say, you know, I've got this huge problem in my relationship or with my health or um, with my business or whatever that I want to overcome. And I'd say, great, you need, you need a year's coaching. That will be $20,000. They'd say, no, I was thinking it would be free. <laughs> that even if you give it to those people for free, they're not going to get anything out of it. That um, what I believe now is um, a price tag is not only a service to me, it's a service to the client. That a high price brings high value. Assuming you know what you're talking about, know what you're doing, and you probably do. So um, that was kind of the biggest thing I had to overcome. When I tell somebody, no, you should pay, you know, this is $20,000 for the next year, and we'll really move you in, away from your past and into your future. And these are the things we'll go for. That um, it's a service to them to charge them enough money to get their attention. That's, and, you know, and it's a service to myself to be able to live a life that, uh, that, that I want to live that inspires me. Awesome. Um, what do you consider your greatest success? My greatest success? Mm-hmm. Like in my personal life? Personal or business, either one. Just your greatest success. My greatest success has got to be my marriage. Um, I'm a guy who, from the time I was a teen into my late 30s, every time I, I was with either a woman who I wanted to get married to and she'd suddenly break up with me a couple months in, often saying very similar stuff to the last woman, like, you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me and I can never talk to you again. Or I'd be with women who I wasn't particularly excited about, but it was stable. You know? And I finally reached a point where I realized I was willing to do whatever it took to get past this issue of constantly meeting the woman of my dreams and having a blow up in my face. So um, for two years, I said, uh, if a woman I'm not doing any dating. And if a woman approaches me and um, I can see how, you know, you can see how it'll end sometimes. I can see how it would end. Mm-hmm. I would say no to it. And wouldn't, and wouldn't pursue it. And uh, I took the time that I normally spend dating, and I spent that time doing therapeutic work with a friend of mine who's also trained in the kind of work I do, who is my age, who also was looking to get married. And we spent that time actually doing emotional work uh, on basically um, asking God to give us a woman and God to make the choice, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of that two-year period, we each met the women who we ended up getting married to. And I'm most awesome. proud of that because I reached a point in there near the end of that two-year period where I completely yielded. And, you know, yielding isn't something you can fake. And I reached I completely yielded um, to whatever the divine wants for me. I said, all right, God, if there's a good chance you're smarter than me. So if you want me to, to be alone the rest of my life, I'll do that. That's not what I want, but if it's what you want, I'll do it. It seems like it is. 
or if you want me to keep having failed relationships the rest of my life, I'll do that too. I really, really yielded. And then um, one night shortly after that, I went on the Internet for the first time in two years and answered three personal ads. And my wife answered. She was the only one who answered. But she wasn't even my top choice. Uh, so we went out a couple times. I couldn't see how it would end. But on the second date, she said to me, I think I'd like to just be friends. And in that moment, the fact that I had yielded to the divine so much, I was able to say to her, look, I don't particularly want to be friends with you, but it's okay if you don't want to date me. I believe I'm guided. And if you're not the right woman for me, then it's just fine if we know that now. And she looked at me and she said, well, we can go out again. <laughs> so I think, I think navigating that is probably the achievement I'm proudest of in my life. And here we are, what is it, 14, 13 years in now, and, uh, and we're, I'm more in love with her than I was the day we got married and continue to be more in love with her all the time. I think that's actually what I'm most proud of. That's awesome. <clears throat> what are you most excited about right now in your life? Huh. Um, I'm excited about continuing to uh, widen the net of my reach. Um, that at this point I do like uh, four, uh, what are they, uh, five or six small workshops uh, every year, and I've got a bunch of people in my inner circle follow-up programs. And um, I'm really excited about reaching out, reaching more people with uh, with the book that's coming out um, that Prentice Hall is publishing, and also with um, uh, just do more like social media type stuff and food. I'm interested in putting out some less expensive material so that people can get involved in my work without having to spend, you know, that much money. They can taste it without having to jump in with both feet. So I'd say that that widening reach is what I'm most excited about. Awesome. So is that what's next on the agenda, or is there um, something bigger on the agenda next, you know, that's not bigger but bigger than that in your business? Huh, let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fellow who I want to have an impact, but I really want to have a good life. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it's never been about scaling up to becoming Tony Robbins. Now, that's, that's not a life I would ever want. Um, but I am excited about having more and more people come into my system and um, being impacted and uh, having their lives improved by my ideas without me having to be directly involved. So from that point of view, uh, continuing to uh, work with my marketing team to you know, market through Facebook and the Internet, to get people into you know, what they call the sales funnel, uh, and to continue sort of strengthening that. That I do like the idea of kind of next on my agenda is, um, and also I could see doing like uh, more, maybe not workshops for big groups, but like talks for big groups. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, several thousand people in an auditorium give a talk to them, that kind of thing. I like working with small groups but I'd also be interested in talking to some bigger groups too. I, I, I find that fun and then we can all kind of share the energy in the room and, 
everybody can get inspired and move forward. Awesome. What would you tell your younger self? Uh, that kind of depends on how much younger. Um, you know, the, the first commercially successful book I ever wrote was called How to Succeed with Women or the Dating Guide for Men. And I, I, I co-authored it with a friend of mine, and we were in our early 30s. And we kept saying, I wish I could take this book back to our 20-year-old self. <laughs> uh, because and it, I, and to that situation, I would say dating is a dance. It doesn't mean being – knowing the dance steps doesn't mean you're being manipulative. It just means you know the dance steps. Uh, you don't be stepping on your feet all the time. So that's what I'd want to give my 20-year-old self. Um, if I could tell my younger self one thing, it would be that you can relax into the feeling of success before you have it. And that's not dangerous. That's actually essential. If there, was a, if there was a biggest wrong thing I think my young self learned, it was that um, you should be tense until you have evidence that you shouldn't be tense. Mm-hmm. And the truth is actually you should be relaxed, and that's what will have you not be tense anymore. And when that happens, yeah, that, that, the way to get there is to go there. Is to be there. That's how you go mm-hmm. there. I think if I could give if I could give my younger self one thing, because um, my whole life I've always been a guy who, you know, with my family background, I've seen how dangerous delusion can be. I've seen what delusional people are capable of. So my younger self was like, no, I'm going to stick to reality. If there's no evidence I should feel good, I'm not going to feel good. Uh, if I if I can't tell you how I'm going to be if I'm not successful, I'm not going to feel successful. Right? But, I mean, really. I kind of overcorrected on that. And I would go back and tell myself, no, the, the, the absolute key is um, you be the success first, and from there you'll see how to get there. Which, in fact, is the work I've always done with people. Uh, at a certain mm-hmm. point, about five years ago, I, I noticed that um, all the work I've always done with people at the end of a session two things have happened. One is a past pain is healed, and the second is they're tasting a possible future. And what it took me so long to realize is that the past pain that's healed, that's healed forever. But the future they're tasting is not going to happen if they don't continue to taste it. Mm. Um, so that's, that's really what's kind of the, the big piece for me. That at, at the end of working with me, every time someone works with me, they're tasting it. But what, what I didn't know was you have to keep tasting it if you want that future to happen. Mm, I love that. <clears throat> That's so cool. Um, <clears throat> if you had to do this journey over again, would you do it? If I had to do what over again? This whole journey over again? Absolutely. Um, we kind of already did this, you know, with the younger self, but really with the biggest <clears> – <throat> excuse me – um, with the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way, is it really that it's important to relax first? The biggest, yeah, let's, let's just dig in on that a little bit. The biggest lesson that I've learned would be kind of a twist of it, but you actually can relax first. Mm-hmm. Right? I've always been a guy who, like, if you relaxed first, you would instantly be struck down and be dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even so much that, that, that you shouldn't do, that you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a question. Of, it's like a question of faith. Like, for so many years, I wondered how to have faith. Well, 
the way to have faith is to step into how you would feel if you had faith, and you're having faith. Uh, and when you do that, the things that block you from doing that consistently will show up, and you heal those things, and you do it more. But I that that yeah. It isn't just that you have to step in the future, that you can. It's not you instant can. annihilation. It's not, yeah, and, and it is true that that delusional people are often people who believe something that isn't true and then you know, hurting other people and themselves with it. But so what? You know, if you're still mm-hmm. never going to, for many years I was envisioning all the time, I was always standing in the future of, uh, another month of suffering without enough money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would get that, and I would wait for that month to change before I felt, before, you know, before I felt the future of prosperity. And it's, it's, you know, not only is it the reverse of that, it's, I think the biggest lesson I learned is that it's actually safe to step into that and to live from that. It's safe to do it. Or it's safe, it's as safe as anything else. You know, this mm-hmm. is life, nothing's safe. But it's, but, but it's, you know, it's safer than being glum all the time until you suddenly feel happy. Mm-hmm. I love that. What advice would you give somebody who's just starting out um, with a business? Hmm, who's just starting out with a business. Oh. Hmm. Here to be that. Now, this is a piece of advice you don't hear often. In fact, you often hear the, re- the reverse of this, but business is about authenticity. Now, you, people don't buy what you do, they buy you, right? And mm-hmm. uh, um, so, yeah, you ha- you, there may be some learning to do or some discovery to discover what's the best way to express authentic you into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But, you know, too often business, can, business people will say, well, the first thing you have to do is find a market where, find a market of buyers, and it doesn't matter if you're passionate about it or not. Just, you, you, you know, you need a, a, a market of buyers. But, um, but there's so many examples of people who had passion who then added creativity and intelligence and realizing they didn't have to meet a market to create a market. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they were being authentically themselves, people wanted to buy them. And also, if you're, if you're being authentically you, you'll have the power you need to power through the tough times. If you're trying to fit into some magical marketplace, I made this mistake a lot. You know, saying, well, like, I didn't really enjoy being in the dating marketplace, but I could sell. I could make money in the market, dating marketplace. But that didn't mean what I most cared about wasn't something where there was a marketplace. That meant I hadn't yet figured out the you know the authenticity authenticity slash market fit yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you but if but if it's true that people buy you, not what you do, and generally speaking, they do, then um, you need to be you. Mm-hmm. And I just want to underscore on that. But just being you is not enough. You have to be you, and you have to apply intelligence and discovery to find out what way of presenting your authentic self does the world want. That's the tricky bit. 
Very cool. And can you just give me uh, two sentences um, how you would describe what you do? Well, I help people bring into their lives the things they've given up on. Uh, So I do one sentence. Essentially, the experiences we have in life have us lower the bar on the dreams for our lives that we have. And um, we get discouraged. I help people heal that discouragement so that creating that life is something they want to do, they know they can do, and they do. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you um, so much for talking to me today. Of course, when everything's all up and ready to go, I will send you the link so that you can check it out. Um, I just I really appreciate you taking the time out of your business in your awesome life to talk to me today. Well, you're most welcome. I'm uh, glad to spend the time with you. Great. Thank you, and I'll uh, be in touch soon. Wonderful. Bye. Bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.